3: heard throughout central and north-central Florida. I've got a couple on the line with me today. They're from Texas. Well, you're going to hear not originally from Texas, though. Gerard and Anna Mijon will are my guests today, and they come from an obviously French background. I'm really excited to hear their story, and they're also here representing the company that we've had on uh, often and that is Samaritan Ministries International. They do such a great job, a ministry alternative for the health care needs of Americans, and not just Americans, uh, all over the world really now. So it's really great to have Gerard and Anna. Welcome to my program.
2: Thank you, Mike. It's great to be here.
3: Thanks, Mike. Now, with uh, the name Mijon, I don't get to pronounce names like that every day, so it's kind of fun. <laughs> it's kind of great. How in the world did you guys meet? Well, we actually, it's a, the, the story, the short story is that we were both teaching
0: our own language in China, and that's where we met. And I was is from Illinois, and I'm from France, as you mentioned, and I, um, I've been, uh, we got married in France. And then we we moved to the U.S., back to the U.S. in in, uh, 1994.
3: Oh, my goodness. Now, that is truly an international love story. (laughs) (laughs) It is. (laughs) You were working in China, so let's kind of break all of this down. Both of you are obviously teachers. What were you teaching, Anna, in China?
2: Well, I was teaching English, and Gerard was teaching French, and... Neither one of us is teaching anymore, but we have done some teaching over the years.
3: Right. So you're teaching what French? Uh, I mean English as uh, as obviously to the Chinese people there, and you're doing the same with French. Did did uh, I'm I'm sure Gerard, you had an understanding of English as well, right?
0: Yeah, I, I, my background is business administration and, and marketing, so definitely I, I spoke English. Uh, I had to speak, learn English, and speak. So I spoke English then. I also spoke some Chinese, which helped a lot over there.
3: Well, I would imagine if since you're teaching in China, that would be a pretty important thing. Now I got to ask this because I'm a little bit jealous already. How many languages do you speak?
0: Well, I, I
3: then I, I worked a
0: lot with Germany, so I, I speak German, and uh, I'm you know learn a little bit of Spanish, but not very well.
3: Wow. Uh, sprechen Sie Deutschland. Yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that's where I am too. Well, this is really exciting, and I, I just can't imagine that. That's got to be uh, kind of a, a really wild story to hear all of the details of how a couple from different parts of the world meet in China, of all places, and then end up getting married in France but living mm-hmm. now in the heart of Texas in San Antonio. So That's that, right. Boy, you guys, um, you and your frequent flyer miles, right? <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. A little
3: bit. Oh, that is wonderful. Well, I know that you guys are not, like you said, teaching any longer. You actually have uh, a ministry or a, a, a kind of a, a an outreach. I, I'm going to have you describe it as it is, which is called natural womanhood. And I know that you help women with all of these things. It's not a political organization. It's not just a health organization. Well, I want to get into all of that in a moment. But before we do, I want to, I want to tie up this connection to Samaritan. I know that uh, you guys probably found, as did any of the rest of us, this is a tough thing with healthcare in today's world, and Samaritan probably offered you a deal that you just couldn't refuse.
0: Oh yeah. Well, it actually coincides with the, the time I went full time for Natural Womanhood. So Natural Womanhood was founded 11 years ago, and uh, we started just as volunteers and and, uh, and part time. And then two years ago, I went uh, started working full time for for Natural Womanhood, and uh, and so we. Shows, you know that was that was a best deal for us as a, as a couple uh, in terms of, of health coverage.
3: You know, the, the whole insurance thing changed a number of years ago. And obviously with what was called Obamacare back in '08, uh, uh, Americans who'd been here all of their lives saw everything change and it kind of forced the hand for this new and kind of a, a different approach to health care. Because I know that it's not insurance. And I'm sure that as a member now for a couple of years, you have uh, you learned all of those things, uh, including the fact that it's a healthcare sharing program. And that's a lot different than just traditional insurance, right?
2: Yes. And we really liked that idea that we would be in charge of our own medical needs basically and helped by other people and have the opportunity to, to support other people. We like the biblical values of it. And the the medical care is made available to people, but the costs are reduced and obviously that was an important consideration. Our it was actually our financial advisor who said he was using this. We we thought we've got to find a better way to cover this need of of healthcare and he said he was using Samaritan Ministries and that was a very good recommendation for us knowing that it was it was cost effective and that it was working for him he has about eight kids so that was all working out for him
3: you know it was twenty Oof. it was 2018 when um, we started using Samaritan for my wife and during that time frame up until then and I'm sure that you have a kind of a BC side of the story here before you only be before Samaritan kind of a story, uh, we were part of that healthcare program that was put out called the, uh, healthcare, uh, affordability act. And it uh, was anything but affordable after I yes. left that. And my wife, uh, we got her, her plan uh, from our insurance company, and it had an eighteen hundred dollar a month premium, and I, I it was an un, like a four thousand dollar deductible for that plan that was supposed to be affordable, the Affordable Care Act, and yeah. it was anything but affordable for us. And I would imagine that would have been your case too.
0: Yeah, I mean the 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 cost of insurance. I before I I was full time here. I I worked for a hospital and I had their insurance, and you know if there was a cost for us that increased a lot over the you know the, the past two years, as you mentioned, and then if the cost for for a hospital increases as well. So it was really, uh, it's yeah it, the the Affordable Care Act was everything but affordable. <laughs> the other part of it is is uh, I think the you know you mentioned that the the, the idea of uh, and I mentioned that actually, the that we we take care of our own health more like we're not dependent on a system uh, with you know this is I mean of course there is coverage there is support and, and we, we if we need health care uh, we, uh, we will get it but it's it's not like we're you know completely dependent on the healthcare system Does right makes
3: sense yeah absolutely and, if you had and your and own so doctors, you can take your own doctors and use them.
0: We choose your own doctor. You're also more motivated to really stay healthy and take care of yourself. I think that you know this this lack of depending, you know, depending on just oh, I, I'm just gonna not care about how I, I, you know, have my health and just depend on on medicine, right? Mm-hmm.
1: It,
0: it's a, I think it's a very different philosophy, and for us that that matters.
2: We're very about body literacy and preventative measures of eating well and exercising and and just not counting on the doctor to fix things, but to be very on top of things ourselves and read up and understand our body and work work for it ourselves and, and not not just wait for them to fix us after we've been broken.
3: Yeah. You know, I hear often the phrase that we have to be our own healthcare advocate. And I think that's so true. And in today's world, it is, it's all the more true, especially if you, if you don't have something like Samaritan and you're depending on some sort of insurance thing and then you, you do get sick, God forbid. And then you have to go and you have to find out that, well, the doctor that you used to see is not in your network anymore, so you can't go see them. That can right. become a very stressful situation.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's a really good point, and I love the the fact that uh, you know, it's good you know Samaritan Ministries work with uh, an organization to help you optimize, find the best doctor, at the best price, with the best value. So that, so I think that's very, very important uh, when you when you have a need have to find the right the right providers and have it, the freedom of choice there. Um, but the other, yeah, you know, and the other part is uh, the 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 idea of being part of a community of Christians and you know the respect of the I mean the the, the values uh, that they have uh, are, are very important. You know that that uh, we're not paying for uh, an insurance that will fund abortion or contraception. Uh, right. To us, uh, that that uh, also matters. And uh, I think that's that's something that makes yeah, working with, or having uh, Samaritan Ministries as an insurance a big plus.
3: Well, I know another thing that is unique about it is the fact that not only is it n- not nearly as expensive from a standpoint of paying premiums, but it's rather unique in the sense that you don't send your monthly checks to a company like Samaritan, no. you send them actually to the different members who... Have had a, a health need that they had to turn in, and a bunch of different people will contribute to make that need met. And that's gotta be fulfilling. I know it was for us when you not only write a check out to an individual, but you have an opportunity to pray for them as well.
2: Yes, we thought that was a great idea, very creative to think of of doing that and figuring out a way to organize a lot of people to make this work. And that, that does feel very good to us now that we're contributing directly to someone else that we can send a little note of encouragement and pray for their healing. And I think, I think it's a great, a, a great plan to do that.
3: Well, it's really a wonderful option for people who really don't know what to do. And it's again, free from all of the stipulations that people are finding that a network will bring them and a traditional insurance plan will uh, will cost so much more money than what they're talking about now. If any of you friends are listening and you want some information about how to do that, then you can just go to Samaritan Ministries and find out about them. Uh, They are at samaritanministries.org. And of course they're on Facebook as well, facebook.com slash Samaritan Ministries, and they're on X, what used to be known as Twitter, uh, at uh, twitter.com forward slash Samaritan Men. So that's a couple of ways that you can get there and find out about this particular ministry, this healthcare sharing ministry. It is rather unique. My guests, if you just tuned in, are Gerard and Anna Mijon, and they are such an interesting couple I mean, their backgrounds couldn't be more different. Uh, what what were you guys, what was it like being in a, a country that was different for either of your backgrounds and the country of China at that? What was that like meeting somebody that you ended up getting married to? What was that like?
0: <laughs> well, I mean, it was great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I of guess. Of course. <laughs> um, no, it, it, it was very interesting because, you're know, living in China is so different from anything else. And, and it was even more different back then. I mean, we're talking now 35 years ago, right? And so, uh, you know, it was not, China was even less Westernized than it is now and the culture is very different. And, uh, you know, you, you uh, are very happy, first of all, when you meet foreigners that, that are have more of the, some of your values. Um, it was very exciting and, and also you know we, we really uh, supported one another a lot when we were there because of you know, having to to live in this, uh, in this foreign country was not always easy. Uh, but also made some, some very good friends and, and had some great uh, great experiences. So yeah,
2: we were actually there when the Tiananmen Square events happened. that was that marked the end of, of both our time there. We had to leave early because of the all our students had gone. Up, up to Beijing a couple hours away by train to protest and oh, we on Tian- wow. Tiananmen Square. And-
3: I don't think anyone who was alive in that time will ever forget that image of the tank with the big uh, gun yeah. aimed right at that one uh, student that was standing there in Tiananmen Square. That was a lifelong memory for me. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that was, that was a, a powerful image. Uh, of a very, very difficult, very sad uh, time for China.
3: It certainly was. And I did not realize it was that long ago. So you guys have been stateside for a long time now. And it is really, really great to have you here and to see the things that's going on in the world today. Uh, I know that that has to add a little bit of, uh, of flavor here to the relationship that you have with your wife Gerard, uh, uh, that you're both from all of these different cultures and the backgrounds, but now you've found this mutual thing that both of you are working in, called this uh, this organization that you're called Natural Woman. So tell us about that one.
0: Yeah, so so Natural Womanhood exists, and you know you, the first reason, first question is is why did we create Natural Womanhood? And the the the, the basic reason is that. Uh, there is a need for women and couples to really better know the truth about the, their fertility. And, uh, and why is that? with because in the past 60 years, women have been told that their fertility is a, is an illness, that it needs to be medicated or that it's in the way in, uh, of a relationship with a man that it needs to be suppressed. And, um, and so as a result, you know, of course, that's the, what's been done, achieved by the, the use of the pill and other contraceptive methods. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so as a result, first, you know, several things are happening. Is One is that uh, women have a poor image of themselves as, as a fertile, as a potential uh, mom. Two, there are, there are, it has caused a lot of problems in couples. Uh, and and you see, you've see you seen the, the rise in divorces. is really parallel to the rise of the use of contraception. So our answer and our, our solution, what we're doing at Natural Womanhood is to uh, help women reclaim their that their natural fertility as beautiful, powerful, and healthy. And so, so practically what we do is we inform women about natural family planning, of, inform about, you uh, have a, a website that has the, the largest and uh, content and the most visited website on you know, natural methods of fertility awareness to educate, inform women about truth about their cycle and uh, and tell them about natural family planning as an alternative to contraception. And they also have programs to teach,
3: to help mom teach their daughters and uh, college students. My guest today is Gerard and Anna Mijan. I'll be back with them in a moment. This is Afternoons with Mike and you're on The Shepherd. If you're a Christian business person and you want to meet people who want to do business with you, you need to join the Central Florida Christian Chamber of Commerce. Why? Because the mission of the Christian Chamber is to build kingdom, business, and community. And it all starts with the Christian principle of building relationships. To learn more about the Christian Chamber and all the different ways you can get engaged with hundreds of other Central Florida Christian business people, visit cfchristianchamber.com or call 407-258-3578. Afternoons with Mike here on The Shepherd. My guests today, Gerard and Anna Mijan, they lead natural womanhood. You're doing all of this in the face of what has to be a lot of pushback in the public school system, uh, in the colleges and universities. They're not pushing the same thing that you're pushing at all. Wouldn't that be accurate?
2: Definitely. That's true. I I think it's in a way a question of... A lot of people don't know what they don't know. And we say that well, we're teaching women about their body and how it works. And they may mm-hmm. think, Well, I, I know all that. I don't really need to know all that because I can take a pill and just make it all go away. Right.
3: <laughs> I can take but a pill and control anything like children and etc. I mean, that's that is the kind of thought that's out there, isn't it?
2: Yes. I and mean, it's if you if you don't know when you're ovulating, you don't ovulate because you don't want to ovulate, then you don't, you don't need to understand that process or, or why it's important. It's very important to health. Really, there's so many reasons why a naturally cycling female body is Mm -hmm. having a lot of health benefits that someone who suppresses that process is, is missing out on. But yeah, I think, generally in in public schools, they, they don't seem to teach a lot about the actual biology, very little. We've been surprised at how little women do know about Mm -hmm. the cycle and the facts around it and how it works. And when you start to learn this, these, the details of the design of the female cycle and the female body and the fertility, it's quite amazing. It's, it's it really does point to uh, intelligent design there.
3: I agree. Yeah,
2: it's kind of a it's a symphony of of the hormones and the processes that the whole body is involved in.
3: I'm so glad to hear you say that, Anna. That it really does point. I think all of life. And having been a dad of uh, five children that have been born to my wife, I got to see that intelligent design play out in birth but we're living in a day where it's it really is boggling to my mind how quickly we throw out the notion of god the notion of a plan the notion of how things work even in the most basic of some of the things you're talking about the way god made male and female and the way that our bodies are different from the other uh, we're being told by the culture by the media that everybody's the same. Men can have babies, and we're expected to believe that, but that's not <laughs> true. It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah.
0: Yeah, but I mean you know the the, the question is, is where does this come from? And and I mean in in our research about the, the history of the past sixty years and the sexual revolution, I mean you you, understand, you you see how you know the technology of contraception actually kind of caused Society to to have to disconnect sex from reproduction, right?
3: So mm-hmm, right,
0: and and so when you when when that happens, then well, sex is just about pleasure and you know more than pleasure, relationship, but it 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 changes everything, and uh, and so for women, uh, the the one of the key uh, self understanding, I would say, is their their ability to conceive and to to uh, procreate a child right Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: that's unique to them and um what the pill does is that it denies that it it just kind of like i i say it cancels womanhood in a way right it says well you're you're a woman but but you're not you know that part the fertility part we don't want right or or it's a problem it's a pain and so it's it's denying so so that causes a lot of confusion, I think, and, and uh eventually, and that's where I think, in part, we're, we're we have we're in a place where uh, there was a study recently, actually, that uh, is is done regularly, and and it asks uh, high school students a lot of questions. But one of them is, you know, their their sexual uh, interests or, or their their um, you know uh, what do you call that the um, uh, if, they, if they think they're, you know, heterosexual or homosexual, and 24% of the girls responded that they were either homosexual or bisexual, right? Wow. Which is a huge number. Yeah. And the reality is that they don't all act like that, but there is such a confusion and such a fear of, oh, you know, I, I, I'm I not sure I, I want to be a woman, that, that it's, you know, th- that those girls are, are afraid to say, no, I'm, I'm heterosexual. I, you know, I, I planning to, to, to get married and have a a family. Right.
3: I, you know, I, I think a lot of that confusion is being brought about by the, the schools themselves and the curriculums themselves. Mm -hmm. This never used to be a problem. Right. I mean, and now suddenly you have these large percentages, like what you just stated, a large number of kids and yet, you're right. Practically, functionally, they don't live like they're confused one little bit.
0: Right. Yeah. There, there's that. Um, yes. I mean, it's, it's still that that reality that okay, we you know, we want to be we ha- we have a vision for our future.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And and we want to say that being a woman is a good thing, and to know about it and to appreciate. The, the way it's, it's, we're put together and how we function and the beauty in that. And we are really wanting to reclaim that from the culture at this point.
3: Oh, there's, the... oh, there's so many things we need to reclaim.
0: Yeah. So there, and so when, one of the way we think that is important is to help young women know from a very young age, not just you know the, the cycle is about periods, But there's a lot more to know about it, and to know the purpose of the cycle, right? So the the design of of their bodies is so that at some point, if you know, in God's will, they'll they'll be a mom. That's really God's design. That's and and God, you know, we believe that this is God's will too. That they embrace that that the design, and uh, but they have to be taught because the culture is saying them, your body. It is designed to be used, in other words, right? It's right. designed to be mitigated and used, and that's very destructive.
3: You know, a lot of people, I can only imagine, are are kind of almost embarrassed by this line of talk. There's almost a feeling with a lot of people that these are like very, very, very private things, and, and yet it, they'll talk in school about just about everything else that yeah. should be maybe kept to not being discussed at all publicly. But something like you said, natural womanhood, that very term to them would be not only offensive, but it would not be something that they would want out there. So I can only imagine that there's a lot of moms who are hearing this. They're thinking, I would love for my daughter to have this kind of input in their life as opposed to what they're getting in the public school. Yes, definitely.
2: I think even moms who have a really good grasp on all the facts of of their fertility, it's not always easy to figure out the best way to hand that down to their daughter. And Mm -hmm. it's kind of like drive, learn, teaching to drive. We know how to drive, but can we teach to drive is that's not so automatic, but um, that's a good point. Well said. We have a program for moms. I think Jared mentioned earlier Preteen or teen moms, and it's very informative. Informative, and we've just got it out this year, um, and it's it's a nice video program with short videos. But we're we're really encouraging women to take advantage of that to to have a format to pass on some really positive and pro woman information about their bodies and how they can live their fertility long-term. It's, it's something that will will give them a good foundation for the rest of their lives about how to live their fertility.
3: You know, one of the things that I've heard recently, it's an alarming statistic that says that we're really not keeping up with our own population and that um, Americans, uh, the percentages of our country that have been American for the last numbers of generations, uh, we are diminishing so point to the point that we can't keep up with our own population growth, and we're kind of almost aiming at our own demise. I think a lot of this is, is really opening the door for a, a future for our country if we don't wake up and realize that we need to have we need to have families, we need children. Uh, we need children to exist and to make it in the future. This is getting lost in today's world. wouldn't you agree? Oh yeah
0: no this is and it's it's worse in in many other countries uh, the population is decreasing like in in South Korea uh, that's huge huge concerns. but yes, I, and I think that that is part of our you know, what, what we see is that women who start using natural family planning, or couples who start using natural family planning as part of their uh, their plans, if you want, uh, are much more open to having children. And these methods also are much very beneficial for the couple's relationship. Right. I mean that that is shown by studies over and over. It brings the couples closer together to one another. They're more open to children. They have so that. You know they they are more welcoming to to the the children and have larger families as a result. Not because the methods don't work, but because they want the kids. Right. And uh, and the the kids grow up in a very uh, healthy environment because of the better relationship that the mom and dad have through the using these methods. It's a, Those methods are not necessarily easy, uh, but they they work and they they're
3: very good. How do you get the word out about natural womanhood?
2: Well, the main way is through our website. We have, we have, I think, over seven hundred articles on our website. We have some videos, podcasts, and we have a, an email list. We're on social media, and we we're not a. It's not a religious presentation that we we have here. We really want this to be something all women are, are going to accept with openness instead of thinking, oh, this is from the Catholic Church or something. It, it is rooted in Christian values and the Catholic view of contraception as not being morally acceptable. But we talk about the science. We talk about the the real life benefits of using these methods. We help women in all kinds of ways to take advantage of them and to learn and to grow in their appreciation of, of their body and, and how it's designed and how they can effectively use these methods to either get health benefits. This is to chart your cycles is a good way to figure out what's going wrong with your cycle if there are dysfunctions and um using it for family planning is is um it, you need a little help with that people need to be educated for it to work it works if you work it if you do it right it works but if people are confused or not well grounded in these methods it's not going to work so there's a lot to say about all these topics we also go into childbirth and all kinds of topics around the woman's f- fertility life.
3: Now, do you find that a lot of your visits to your website from young people that would be, let's say, a college age on down into high school, do they find it by themselves? Are they looking or is it more often a situation where they're being told about it by a family member, a parent, etc.? Yeah.
0: Well, we, so we get about, uh two thousand two 000 to three thousand visitors every day on our website and they're from all over the world by the way wow but um, mostly mostly the us and uh you know of course we the, the 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 largest audience is older i mean older meaning women who are between 25 and 45 right so, rather than college and, and high school so mm-hmm. yes to your answer the you know younger younger women will will find out uh, about this information from adults uh, in their life and uh, sometimes grandparents right uh, we have a lot of, of uh, also older adults like uh, that, that find us and and realize this is something I wish I had when I was younger and so uh, there a share our information but for campus actually we have uh, for colleges we created a program that's called cycle uh, mindfulness and it's a club where a young woman and College students uh, meet once a week to discuss uh, you know, their, the cycle, the science of the cycle. To learn about it together, uh, to support one another, and uh, and and grow in, in wisdom and and uh, and health uh, through this program, which is very pro life and uh, and very much uh, you know how, teaching them to to protect their bodies at this age and 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 you know prepare for marriage uh, in the right way. Uh, and so, um, so it's a, it's a very powerful program. We're in, uh, in, uh, eight campuses throughout the U S right now. We just started it two years ago and, uh, and we're planning to grow that very, very quickly.
3: Wow. What is, uh, 2024 holding for your organization?
1: Well, a lot of
0: great things. Uh, we want to grow our reach. We want to double our reach online. So we want to, Uh, Reach about 1.5 million readers. We want to increase our e-newsletter list. By the way, our website is naturalwomanhood.org. We forgot forgot to mention that. Uh, For those of you who want to, of your listener who want to find us, um, we want to grow our our list of uh, e-news readers. uh, We have a weekly e-news. We want to double the number of clubs. Uh, We have uh, actually 10 clubs right now. We want to double that next year, and uh, and also. Uh, sell the online program for a mother of teens uh, to 2,000 moms this, this coming year. So we have a lot of very ambitious goals, but we're very excited uh, and, and to be in this in this program.
3: Are you finding that your own church, which you've said uh, the basis of this has been the Catholic Church, the changes mm-hmm. that are talked about often in the news about uh, the kind of like a, adjusting, policies, etc. I know that yours is not a policy organization, but yet in some ways you would be affected by and maybe having to adjust your outreach to, to people because of those policies. Are you seeing this whole thing change within the Catholic Church?
0: Well, if anything, I think the teaching of natural family planning is uh, more supported, uh, especially by, I mean, it's it's not changed. So first of all, it, it, natural family planning uh, has been the uh, method that the Catholic Church has, uh, and the only method that the Catholic Church has approved really uh, for forever. But but especially since 1968, when Pope Paul, Paul VI uh, encyclical, uh, uh, you know was was published, and it reaffirmed that teaching, uh, and so that's not changing. But what happened in the 60s, 70s? And it is. I mean, is that the the, ch- the the members of the church were afraid to talk about it, and so you'd have the, just a small group of of people who are just sticking with the the uh, the methods and sticking with the teaching uh, and faithful to it. But it's growing back. It's coming back. I think so. So I'm very hopeful. You know that, that um, we're we're going to see more and more Catholic, young Catholic couples uh, use natural family planning. Uh,
3: than than we used to see. Well, I know it's not just for those in that particular church. Anyone can check this out and learn a lot. Naturalwomanhood.org. Gerard and Anna Mijon, thank you so much for being with us.
2: Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Mike.
3: This has been very interesting, learned a lot today, and I know a lot of our listeners will appreciate uh, your material and your website. So we'll be right back. This is Afternoons with Mike. And you're on The Shepherd. Join host Mike Gilland for The Shepherd at Work. Every Saturday morning at 10.05 a.m., you will be introduced to a marketplace leader that will help you learn to walk out your faith wherever you live and work. The Shepherd at Work is sponsored by the Central Florida Christian Chamber, building kingdom, business, and community throughout our area. That's The Shepherd at Work this Saturday morning at 10.05 a.m. It's not every day that I get to talk to somebody that has written the book, and I mean literally written books after books. He's written 12 of them, Jack Allen Levine, a guy who's coming to the Lord, I think is one of the most interesting and really not not just interesting, fun stories to mm-hmm. hear, how that it was that God brought you from a Jewish background Giving your heart now completely and living this life, I I would say that if I've ever seen anybody, Jack, that's living it with a a singular focus. That's Mm. what that's what you are. It's either about the Lord or it's not. Thank you. And and that's what I see about you. And I wish more people were like that. I wish I wish I were always more like that. And that's what I'm wanting in my own life. I want to be known singularly as as Mm. one who loves Jesus, and wants to do what the Lord will want us to do. Now, we're living in a culture, and you I don't have to tell you this, yep. but we're living in a culture right now that is confused. And our own government mm. is espousing things that uh, in 2,000 years since Jesus have never been even thought of as being sensible. But we're we're being asked to buy in on things like gender, on things the of of what is true and what is right that are so far from that Mm. it's not even funny what what do you see happening in our culture today
1: mike i agree with you i've never i've never seen times like this um i see satan at work um in hollywood in business in life on street whether it's fentanyl whether it's shootings whether it's you know homosexuality and again i have friends that are gay i love them very much Uh, but I'm not going to say it's not a sin. I mean, it it is what God says it is. So we see this world, nothing should surprise us. God said this would happen. He said the world would go to hell in a handbasket. He said people were going to turn against their parents. They were going to chase false idols. So all of this doesn't surprise me. What we are called to do as as believers, as followers of Christ, is to be the light in the world of darkness. Now, we don't know the hour of the day. We don't know if it's 10,000 years or today. I think back to the 60s when my... My brother was four years older than me and was a hippie. And my father was a conservative Richard Nixon guy. And there was tension and fights mm-hmm. in my oh, house. Oh, I bet there were. And my parents thought the world was ending. Can you imagine? I mean, you'd see the movie yeah. Jesus Revolution, mm. but I mean, that, they, they thought it was over. And yet yeah. it wasn't. A- and, and the internet doesn't scare me, even with the bad information. I see my kids on the phone. I know they shouldn't be on it that much, but you know what? The only thing that's changed around man is the technology and the circumstances. Man's heart is the same. Mm-hmm. from the beginning. There was sin back in, in the old days. There was homosexuality, and, and I don't want to single that out. There was sin, there was adultery, there was theft. It was all, it's the heart of man that's evil. So the circumstances have changed. Our job is the same, nothing changed. God said, you go be the light. You go be salt to a tasteless generation. Don't be surprised this is happening. Don't hide your head, don't run away. Love these people. I think Love we can
3: them. add one more thing. Please. Don't have a lack of hope, because right. the Bible is full of hope, isn't oh, it?
1: Oh, man. Oh, man, this, this is our faith. It, 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 it's certainty. I, I mean, you know, we, we joke, you know, you put your life in the hands of the pilot every time you get on the plane of, of a thousand drivers mm-hmm. every time you're in the road. But, you know, you won't you, you won't trust God. You won't take a chance. No, it, it, it's hope and it's excitement. It, it, again, it's I don't understand how people aren't happy to be alive. I know something stink. I know being sickening. I know there can be spiritual, physical, financial, relational battles and problems. And, and God didn't say it would be easy. But he just said it would be worth it. Right. And, and I think just living is so great. And and knowing that there's, there's more, there's another even better chapter that I, you know, can't, it's just amazing. So I think that we can't get discouraged, we can't get defeated, we can't shake our head and say, and say, no, we won't fight, it's too much. Look, our job, one person at a time, wherever we are, maybe we can't change the whole world. You know, God knows what's happening. You know, God's not surprised. But he said, will you be faithful? I love Mike in the book of Revelation, Whereas he's given the letters to all the churches, it always says to he who overcomes, and then there's a blessing. Mm-hmm. I'll either write your name in white stone. I'll give you a rule over this. I'll give you a new name. You know, to he who overcomes, to he who is faithful. So I- I'm I'm inspired not by what I see, but by the opportunity to just talk to people one on one and share. That, you know that, that there's a way, a better life. It doesn't surprise me what's happening, and nothing would surprise me. Nuclear war wouldn't surprise me tomorrow.
3: Mm-hmm. It, it's scary, but you're it's right. Scary. And all of the things that are going on right now do not make it any less true that God is a sovereign God. He's not like lost control of the world, it's not spinning out of his hand.
1: I mean, Mike, when we were in kindergarten, there were air bomb drills. Yeah. Remember, we were under our desk oh, yeah. as little oh, yeah. kids. So
3: yeah, absolutely. You know, it, I mean, was, I, w- I walked through. Uh, you're probably too young to remember this. You maybe. might have seen it, but I walked through department stores all over my, my town of uh, my hometown of Ev- Evansville, Indiana, where there hmm. were these yellow and black signs everywhere that were talking about where the fallout shelters. Were. Wow.
1: Yep. And
3: so we, it was very much on yep. top of mind back then that we had to be careful. Because nuclear war was felt to be imminent. Yes, yes. And, and we had to be prepared. Yeah.
1: And I think, you know, I'm saddened by, by what's happening in, in a lot of churches today. Um, and, and I'm saddened that, that we're just like cocooning into our church and, you know, saying how bad things are. Oh, look at the world. And we love God. We're talking about the Bible and worshiping and praising. That's wonderful. But we need to be out in the world. Making a difference. I didn't say you had to go in harm's way and take a bullet. I'm just saying that, okay, I love to go to church. I love to be with other Christians. It's like being at a Bruce concert with Bruce, fan, Bruce mm-hmm. Finkson fans. Right. It's wonderful. But now we're out there and, and we have a job to do and we do it by the way we live and that we show we care. We build relationships. We get the opportunity to share God. And if, if we bring one person, we may not know it. We may not know the impact we have. You know, you'll be up in heaven and people will run into you and hugging you. You'll go, who are you? And they'll go, Pastor Mike, you preached a sermon back in 1972 in, in Indiana. You say, I don't even remember that sermon. Yeah, I know, but I do. And I got saved that day and I raised my family and these are my kids and my grandkids and you impacted a generation and that grandkids, the next Billy Graham, and mm. you, you didn't know what to happen. Now, sometimes we get a glimpse. Somebody will come up and say, thank you. You know, mm-hmm. it made a difference. And it's not, you know, Mike, I pray Uh, For you and I and our Christian listeners, it's never about us. The first time I went to preach 22 years ago, I I was worried, what happens if nobody comes to the altar? I got down on my knees and cried. And I said, God, I'm so sorry that for one minute I thought this was about me. I am so sorry. Mm -hmm. My only job is to be prepared to deliver the message. What you do with it, you do with it. That
3: is wise. That is absolutely wise. And it's sad how many pastors do live with a sense of guilt and that contributes to a lot of burnout that's out there. Whereas if we keep our role understood, which is very minimal, but that's not to say it's not important. Yep. It is very important uh, that we keep our eyes on who it's really about. It's not about us. It's
1: about the Lord. And Mike, I want to encourage everybody to love your pastor and and to equip him and, and enable him. He's just a guy like you and me. He's got the same problems. His job is t- his teacher, Another guy's policeman, another guy's baseball player, another guy's rock guy and UPS driver. He's just doing his job. He needs our love and support and encouragement. He's not God. And I I knew right away I didn't want to be a pastor, uh, a senior pastor in any way, shape, or form, because every move they make is watched. You know this. Mm -hmm. You're only as good as your last sermon. And and your family, forget it. You know, they're going to get hammered, too. I'm like, no, God put it on my heart to help these guys. Uh, and speak, I love. And my, my friends tease me. He goes, you just lick the bowl. I go, I know, I know. <laughs> that that's bowl. why that's why you guys are truly my true heroes. I mean it, because I get to tell people what to do, and you know, walk away. You got to listen to them every single day when they don't do. When when the answer is there, here's what God says. Do what God says. Yeah. No, I won't do that. You know, here's the answer, to addiction. No, I won't do that. <laughs> <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs>
3: my friend Danny, who was the leader of our church, taught the, our entire congregation that. There's no difference, he said, in what you do and what I'm doing. Right. He said, my my task that God's given me is to serve the church in this way and to teach. Yours is to the, to do the same thing that my job is to do, and that's to represent the Lord. That's right. And that's what we're really called to do. We're called that's to right. represent him wherever we are. We've got a few minutes left. I'd like for you, if you could, to kind of speak to maybe that uh, the person who's a plumber or yeah. or who's a businessman, who feels that his life is maybe yep. just a little under what it should be because yep. he's not leading a ministry.
1: I want to encourage you with the story of David Livingston, who was a pastor and missionary uh, to Africa, and he's since passed on. And On his deathbed, he said that he failed completely. His life was a complete failure, all his ministry and mission. He didn't see one conversion. He is credited today with opening the door of the gospel to Africa. There would be no gospel to Africa if not for David Livingston. Just like the people in the Hall of Fame of Faith in Hebrews chapters 11 and 12, who never saw the promises of God in this life. But we see, we see the impact they had. Noah's faith, Paul, you know, they they heard from God. They they knew they heard from God. Mm -hmm. That's why they moved. So I just want to encourage you, whether you're a plumber, a teacher, it doesn't matter. I want to encourage you that God loves you. God is with you. God said, he'll never leave you or forsake you. He said, before you were formed in your mother's womb, he knew you, and he has a plan for your life to give you a hope in a future. You just love God with all your heart. Do the best you can. Leave the outcome up to God. You're going to be blessed based on your obedience, not your accomplishments. Mm-hmm. It's not about God will accomplish what he wants through you, and you don't know what that is. Your job is just to love people with the love of Jesus, let them see that, and trust that that is enough for God. It's not about our works. It's about what God did. We need to rest in the joy that God talks about and the rest in, in Hebrews when he talks about the rest for the children of God in God's finished work. And if we're sitting there stressing about the impact and legacy that we're making, it's not about us. It's about loving and trusting God. You know, God says, uh, be still and know that I am Lord. Yeah. And I stand on 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, one of my favorites, be joyful always. What part of that is unclear? There's no misinterpretation for that. Be joyful always. Give thanks in all circumstances. But God, I got a speeding ticket, uh, you know, at 300 bucks, I missed my appointment. You might have died ahead in a car crash. God's got you. You have to trust it. So be who you are. Live for Jesus and and be joyful. Enjoy the ride. I hate, Mike, when people say, well, when I get to high school, when I get married, when I get to college, when i retired, I'll enjoy it. No, if you didn't enjoy the ride, you're an idiot. Yeah, you missed the journey
3: that's it. I love that old saying, there's joy in the journey. And Amen. I think that's where it is. You know, and I also think about Moses, I, his, his life came up to my mind as I'm hearing you talk at the this marvelous legacy that he leaves behind, led Israel out of mm. Egypt and yet suffered his last legs of his life through those 40 years mm. in the wilderness only to disobey and not get to go on into Canaan So if he could make a mistake, the rest of us can make a mistake too and still be with God.
1: And be forgiven. And it's the prodigal son, right? As soon as we turn back to God... He's loving us and forgiving us. He, he's not, he said, as far as East is from the West, I remember your sins no more. But we remember. Mm-hmm. We don't even need Satan to beat ourselves up. We're doing a good job, doing this job for him. <laughs> That's well said. The Jack- to the truth of God.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Author Jack Allen Levine, give us how people can get in touch with you.
1: Sure, Mike, and they can get free copies of my books. Every ebook is available for free. I hope it's a blessing to you at jackallenlevine.com. It's jackallenlevine.com. Go to forward slash eBooks, download any of the books for free. I hope they're a blessing and I hope I'll see you around sometime.
3: We've got one minute left. Tell us what's ahead for you in the next year.
1: I'm so excited. I'm working on a biotech company that's looking for a chemical cure for drug addiction and, and a telemedicine company that's looking to help people struggling with drugs. I get to speak at men's conferences and, and minister and pastor at different churches on Sunday. So I'm just, I just say yes to everything. I love every opportunity God's given me. I see his hand on all of it. But most important, Mike, I can't wait to get up in the morning and spend more time with God. love God. That. says, "Come closer to me; I'll come closer to you." He's not a liar; it's true. He's shown me great and mighty things I didn't know. I want to encourage everybody not to miss that blessing. It's available
3: to so all. So you're of us. available if pastors need a a break Always. on a Sunday. That, that, that's they can my call favorite.
1: You. That's my favorite thing. Uh, the short notice one is is good if I'm not preaching somewhere else. I have that freedom at my church. I serve as executive pastor, but I have the freedom to be anywhere, anytime.
3: I have the feeling that you're one of those guys that are ready in season and out. Amen. Jack Allen Levine, thank you for being with me here today. And friends, we thank you for joining us as well. We'll see you next time on Afternoons with Mike.